Blackwell Roundtable. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Roundtable. My name is Dana. I'm Delina. And I'm Asha. No fancy intros for you guys this week. We've been we've been letting y'all eat good for a while. We gotta we gotta set your expectations back to the norm. Screaming. What do you think this is? A show? It is, but still. Return. <laughs> gotta keep y'all humble somehow. <laughs> How are you guys doing this week? Whew. I am in the throes of work has just like the past been month has been nonstop and I'm just like at this point burnt out and then me and Rahim had the bright idea to get a puppy so we are new dog parents and Yay. that is very tiring we're very tired like if you want to know if you should have a child I'm not saying get a puppy first because like if you say no I don't then you definitely don't need to be having a dog but like yeah it's a great precursor I it's a great great precursor I will say we're learning how to communicate how to be even more patient with Zara and with each other um it's a great precursor to kids but whoa are we tired <laughs> we're so tired I take my hat off to all of the dog parents I had a dog I always had dogs growing up and once my dog that I had like from childhood passed away, I was like, I'm taking a break for a while because it's literally like having a permanent three-year-old. Yep. Yes. Yep. You said it correctly. Yes. Yep. They just depend on and you. To all the people. For everything. And all the people who say having a puppy is easier, I will refer you to that that TikTok. That man said a a baby cannot run a hundred miles an hour, mm-hmm. but this yes. puppy can. This pu- puppy can. Listen, like that baby of uh, you know cannot. Uh, first of all, babies don't have like super sharp teeth. They might have a good grip, but they don't have super sharp teeth Ooh. that they want to play yep. with you with. Um, babies can snatch your food, but you can get it back. Now with a, it's inhaled immediately. It's like a look. But anyway, this is not a dog podcast. So great introduction. <laughs> great chat. Let's go ahead. Shout out to the shout out to the the fur parents. Right. Woo. I'm not one anymore, but I, I wish yeah. y'all best of luck in your endeavors. Um so let's go ahead and dig into uh, this episode's what's trending. Um I'm actually gonna throw you guys a little bit of curveball before we get into the debauchery um, with one that I forgot to add on here, but I just saw it pop up. And this one is specifically for you, Jelena. So guess who oh has gosh. new music out? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Not the screams. <laughs> Not the screams, the moans. Right. <laughs> I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all how Dana is with John Boyega. If Miguel finds me in the crowd and says, pack your bags, it's time to go. <laughs> All right, y'all, it's been real. Catch me in the background of the, of the TikToks and the Instagram videos. I'm going to just, right. in I'm the back, I'm good. Screaming. So if you haven't heard... Um, as of today, which is April the 27th, time of recording, um, Miguel has released his first single in several years. Um, it's supposed to be the precursor to his newest album, which doesn't have a release date yet, um, or a known title at least yet, um, but it's called Give It To Me. Um, really great song. 
exactly what you would expect of Miguel. And I think it's perfect for, um, you know, the prequel to summer 2023. Um, so what do we think about, um, not even what do we think about Miguel, but like, are we ready for new, uh, new Miguel war? Oh my God. What's going on? Are It's one of those days. It's okay. <laughs> new Miguel music is a tongue twister. If you think yes. about are it. we ready for new Miguel music? There we go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Say it with me, children. Yes. Amen. 1,000% yes. I don't think, and this is, I think we can all agree, and I'll just say in our opinion, I don't think he has like a bad project. No. I'm, there, there's no. not an album that I've disliked. I think all his albums have at least like 80% of the album is just straight bangers. Like, and you might have like yeah. your two or three that you're like, this is just okay. But it's not like an album where I'm like, mm, I'm not feeling this. It's not like the other album. Every album has its own like personality and vibe to it that I've always really, really liked. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited agree. to see what comes. I was listening to Wild Heart the other day and I was like, mm. this shit goes off (laughs) this shit is on fire and then i didn't realize there was like the regular version and the deluxe edition i'm like Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. because the deluxe edition what is that one destinata marie or however you say it that shit anywhere i'm at let's take our clothes off right now (laughs) (laughs) And and what's so funny to me is that like i've seen miguel in concert no, I think it was just once. Oh my God, he's amazing in concert. It's so this, it's, so this tour, whenever the tour comes out. So I need it. I need it now. He's super right excited now. every time Miguel has new music out and like Afropunk is happening, he's always there. So they just announced Afropunk for Brooklyn for August 26th and 27th. And because I'm crazy, I already reserved a hotel room. I'm trying to see if I can pay for it with my points. And yes. give time off for work because let me tell you, Afropunk, if you have not been, it is number one, it's probably one of the most affordable festivals you will ever go to. They're really big on keeping the tickets affordable. And it is also mm-hmm. probably one of the best festivals you ever go to as a Black person. Go, please go, please go. I went to Atlanta in 2019. One of the best times I've ever had at like any type of musical event ever. Saw Anderson Pack live. He's also great live. If you ever, have, I, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, if you ever have a chance to see Anderson, I don't care who he's with, who he's not with, go. It was great. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for it. I feel like he'll be there and he'll be hitting up a lot of the the summer festivals if that album drops by like June. So I'm here for it. I'm very, very excited. I saw him at a Broccoli City Fest, actually. That was the first time I had seen him live, and it was amazing. And then the next year, I seen him in Vegas. And I'm just like, it's so rare, especially now, to go to a concert and the person sounds exactly the same. Mm -hmm. If not better. If not, but yeah, he's better. Way better. I think he's better. He's great in studio, but... To see him live is a different experience. So, and Miguel got a lot um, of flack yeah. like early on his, his career. Like he I remember, it was, the, when people it was, was the outfits and the hair. That's it was, what, yeah, it that's was taking. It was doing too much at the time. That short thing <laughs> album or whatever it's called, where he had that popped ass collar. There was and a the lot happening. The mohawk. Yeah. 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 And I remember yeah. it, it was like this tweet going around where everybody was like, "The Illuminati wants us to like Miguel so bad." <laughs> they. 
And I look, I take it back that I I wasn't necessarily sleeping on them, but I would sleep a little bit. I was a little I was a little uh I was a little dazed. I would I I don't think anybody ever said that the music was not good. We always knew that the music no. was good. It yeah. was just right. a lot of distraction. So when we were finally able to dig mm-hmm. into the music, um, and I mean I don't know nothing about his wife or his ex wife, so I'm not gonna speak bad on that lady, but you know, people be going through these transformations after divorce. So I'm excited to see what he comes with. I was about I was about to say, I was like, if you know, if this brings out the music like it did for Adele with 30, then hey, I'm kinda here for so it. So be it. Now people not here for the divorce. I'm just saying here for the creative process. Now people don't That's... know, people sleep on this album, but that album that Neo released after he got divorced, fire. Oh, I didn't know that. Good man. Oh. Put put that on just next time you're looking for something to fill. You'll be like, wait a minute. I give you that. It's it's good. And I'm just like, Neo, like he, honestly, that album is so good. He should have had like a, a resurgence with that project. It's very sad that he didn't. Mm-hmm. I think people were mad at him. For what? Yeah, because it was a lot of controversy around his, his divorce and all of his that. His divorce so. and everything, yeah. I'm, I know his, his wife or whatever is like colorist a little bit or texturist, allegedly. Oh, I think I, I think yeah, she I hear about that. I didn't. Well, I'm not surprised, but yeah, I didn't. Did I hear about that? Maybe I was just like, nah. I remember I heard her get online talking about her son's hair or her child's hair being like, "Oh, you don't have that Hawaiian silky like your mommy does," and da 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 da, da and getting in some bullshit for that. I do also think, and again, I'll, I'll say allegedly here because I'm not even sure if this is necessarily her. I don't know much about Miguel's ex-wife, but I'm pretty sure. She was one of the hosts who was on that podcast with T.I. when he was like, oh, I got to get the doctor to check my daughter's hymen oh. every time. Like, I think she was one of those people in in that show. Yeah, I don't know much about her. Oh, thank you for blessing us with new music, Miguel. Yes, I'm excited. The real king of R&B for our generation. Yes. Right, bring, bring back the ballads. I love a good Miguel ballad. Ugh, and I, like, I will say this, this thing, I'm, shout out to TikTok because y'all have single-handedly put Sure Thing and Adorn like back on like top charts after what 10, 10, oh, 10 damn, over, years. Yeah. over a decade like love it for him love Me it too. because again like you said he did not get the love he deserved back then no. and so happy that he's getting it now and and the music that miguel was putting out was ahead of its time like you got to think like when sure thing came out and adorned it was very much like the chris brown trey songs era of r&b and i just don't think we were or not we because i know we enjoyed the music but i don't i think the mainstream was not ready for another prince type of artist male artist to be in in the forefront like he is because Miguel has been very unapologetically experimental with his look his sound all of that Um, so yeah I'm trying to remember what was on classical dreams because one of my favorite albums period kaleidoscope dreams I'm trying to think of course like obviously like people also sleep on the song kaleidoscope dreams that's also like how many drinks I literally was like don't oh, look like back. The last month, I've been like every day I drive to work, I'll play like a different artist and their whole like discography and all that. And I got to Miguel and listened to all them albums. It was like, what is wrong with us? War and Legion, <laughs> like, great too. Like, yes, War and Legion. Yes, War and Legion was actually really good. That was the one album I actually didn't listen to. Same. And I was like, oh, I like, like War and Leisure. If I you ever like, have a I chance. Was, it, I, 
Yeah, I was missing out. It's great. It's really good. Um, it, it was fantastic. I know that's at least for me. That's where I got introduced to Travis Scott. Um, who I'm not. Mm, that's another conversation for another day. Y'all are gonna eat me up, and it's fine. Say what you need to say. I do not like Travis Scott. I do not care for Travis Scott's music. Y'all got Banana Clip, and y'all got um whatever that Scissor song he's featured on is Love Galore. That's it. I'm not trying to hear shit else from Travis Scott ever in life. He got a couple songs I like. Y'all was like, oh, he should have won album of the year over Cardi B Invasion Privacy. That's a lie. You anybody who says that has clearly their ears do not work. Because Invasion of Privacy is probably one of the best debut albums. Hands down. Let me see. I I listened to um, Invasion of Privacy. Back to back to back to back to back. Exactly. Oh, sicko mode, <laughs> trash. Not. I'm not gonna say trash. That's a little egregious. Sicko mode is it's it's alright. It's fine. It's cool. It's it's the same shit that everybody else has been doing for years, and he does it he's well. One of those artists. He's one of those artists that I just feel as though I'm not really gonna like. I'm not gonna go hard for you either way. People who enjoy your music enjoy it. You hate Travis Scott? Cool. I don't really have a, a dog in the fight. There's a few Travis Scott songs that I like. Am I going to specifically go to a concert of Travis Scott's or go to a, a festival because it's the headliner? No. No, I'm not spending my money on that. But if y'all want to do it, I'm not going to tell y'all y'all are crazy because I get a handsome song that y'all like. He has an aesthetic that y'all like, whatever. I, it's just not me. Now, there are artists that I will like be like, I would go up for obviously like Beyonce and then there are artists who I'm like y'all are kind of still wild for like listening to their music or like it's not even that big of a deal it's not that good but Travis Scott for me is like um if, he dis- if his if every song he ever created disappeared off the face of the earth today I don't think I would I'd not care it. it would not impact my life at all not at all <laughs> I wouldn't miss it at all, you know? And that, yeah, and it's not that I don't like him. Like you said, it's a handful of songs. And if those handful of songs disappeared, I will. Okay. It's, he's, <laughs> to me, he's like Future Junior, which, like, it's cool. But you're not doing nothing revolutionary. Like, it's just, it's very irritating to me how people was trying to sleep on Cardi for that. And I'm like, and Evasion and Privacy, again, was a great album, I think that there are other albums that have come out that deserve album of the year more than that. Maybe not that particular year, but if those were the two top contenders that year, that was an easy win for Cardi to me. Right. Like that is a no brainer. Um, and, and I know, I know, I know. Like, well, Nikki should have won for this year. She should have, but she didn't. Pink, um, Pink Friday should have. Pink out. Pink, Pink Friday, Friday should have a, a Grammy. It should have a Grammy. Yes. Oh, definitely. It should have. It should have a Grammy. I would never but argue with anybody on that. It doesn't. Yeah. I can't make it have a Grammy now. But it should. I have cannot one. make it have a Grammy now, and I still think that Invasion Privacy deserved the Grammy. Yes. I can't. I can't make Nikki not. I can't make whoever hates Nikki at the at the Grammy at the Academies. And for all give of her, her the award she deserves. For all I can't of, do it. I'm so sorry, y'all. For all of her faults, and Nikki has quite a few of them. What I will say is that I do believe that the Grammys does have a vendetta against her. I will never, I I will never take that away from her. Oh, for sure. I'm like, I'm so sorry that somebody has big, big beef with Nikki. It's not fair. It's not right. 
but it is what it is. We don't even know who the person is just yet. So we can't even give you like a full analysis on why it is the way it is. But I can also say that I still think that Invasion of Privacy should have won the okay. Grammy because okay. it was y'all talking about Cardi's cadence and her style and everything, whatever else. But it was a good album. Okay. And to me, even if she didn't get it for Pink Friday, whatever year looking ass niggas dropped, record of the year. Was that yeah. the Pink Friday? Record of the year. Was, it, was that on the pink print? No, it was no. like a random single. I don't think it showed up on an album. Yeah, it's on like some young money mixtape yes. type of yeah, situation. What Every time I hear that song, I just be like, ugh. When I tell you, listen, shout out <laughs> to everybody who was in Damn. college when that song came out because it is truly was a life-changing experience to be in the party at a club with your friends screaming, Pussy ass nigga, you dry. Pussy ass nigga, you lie. Bitch, I'm me. I didn't know the prince. I'm scared. I'm And niggas used to be mad. Yes. Mad. About to punch, about to punch grown men. Because we used to be. Oh my God. I remember the first time I ever heard it out. That was like a staple college moment. We was at the Iota Rap Battle and the song had just came out. And the DJ dropped that, and every girl in that room lost their everlasting <laughs> Look at y'all niggas. Niggas was stuck, especially when she hit that same cup in the hand-ass niggas. That's niggas. Oh my god. That's my favorite part of the whole song. Because, mm. mm. look, again, talk about a timeless classic. Truly. Because that's art. It'd be 20, 20 dudes in one section with one bottle. Why? Pussy ass nigga, you try. Why? Pussy ass nigga, you high. <laughs> Bitch, I'm me. 100 me. on the wrist, I ski. Art on the wall, I ski. Fuck who see. Bitch. <laughs> Talk about a bar. So if Nikki didn't do nothing else in her career, you did that. Did that. Mm. Yes. That's enough. Miguel, Sorry. great. Looking forward to the music. Sorry. Ooh, that took me back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in the retirement home screaming that one. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I just thought of like, you know how sometimes old people, when they just going through it, they just start randomly saying stuff. Like, I can imagine that. And that is the funniest thing in the world to me. Let's go ahead and move on. Um, let's go ahead and swing into some more, I don't know, I guess serious-ish, political-ish news. Um, so there has been a, a round of firings in the news media um, as of recently. One, Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News. Um, and I would just like to say, ding dong, the Wicked Witch. Who's that witch? The Wicked Witch. Um, but also, um, just a day later, Don Lemon was fired from CNN. And so this is a really big upset in news media, both for, you know, more liberal media. Um, and I use that term loosely because CNN is really not as liberal as y'all like to act like it is. Right. Um, and also conservative news media, Fox News, Tucker Carlson, I think was their like most longstanding host. Um, and so this is a really big moment, even though people don't really kind of um, maybe know or it just hasn't registered. But this is certainly going to be a big shift in, you know, the political economy um, as far as news reporting, as we know it this far. So any thoughts on those updates, ladies? I'm going to make this very short and sweet. So um, Tucker Carlson, you can always, always 
suck 10,000 prickly, prickly penises, okay, with hot sauce on them. So there's that, okay? You are a part of the derelicts of society, you stupid, weird frat boy, wannabe frat boy, um, who stared at girls weirdly from the corner. I'm kind of shocked about Don Lemon, honestly. Um, I was just starting to like you. I was right. That's I was, I was just, just about to say just, that. I mean, and he was coming on crap. Let me tell you, Don Lemon has come so far. A long way. From mm-hmm. being like basically like anti black, right? Yep. Not really acknowledging his own blackness to now like championing, champ, like, like being a champion for blackness, mm-hmm. for our stories to be told. Um, um, and trying to tell him in the proper ways, he didn't always hit the mark, but I think the past few years he's made an effort to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you being drunk and shaking your little booty yes, <laughs> during New Year's Eve. Honestly, that's like, that's that's why the year is being weird. We're not gonna get no more Don Lemon shaking his booty on CNN. Listen, see, they set that up because he wasn't there this year either. They was like, I'm we just gonna phase him on out. I'm it like, and I, and I know people have speculated it's because of like different, um, like comments that he made, um, in the past like few weeks, um. And some of them, I'm like, I can see how they were very insensitive, but I didn't think they deserved termination after over 15 years. Um, I agree. I feel like they've let people... I think people, they deserve to be addressed, but not... Yeah, I feel like y'all have let people get away with far worse for far longer. Funny enough, not like, not funny, but like I guess in like a turn, apparently, allegedly... Tucker Carlson got fired for using the C word too much. Uh, I don't know why yeah. I, I edited myself. Like this is not an explicit podcast, cunt. I just don't I'm, use that word. I don't word, think I ever so. really understand why it that word in and of itself is like such a. But oh, oh that, my god, yeah, that like, and twat. It's like oh, I'm like first of all, that's such an like twat is such a like a late or late 90s early 2000s like i feel like it's very right. british i'm like it is it, it is very british that's how i feel about cunt though like i'm not saying that in my everyday right with the exception of tiffany pollard is the only person who's used it where i was like oh I think now like, if she call if she calls me one her specifically i am offended and i am I think no my thing is it's the point it's the way that she <laughs> Is, is it a fat cunt? But the way she like the way that she said like the the yes. C came out and then the is like everything was she said a, a fat cunt. It's because she meant every single syllable in that sentence. It was the cadence and not necessarily yes. the words. No, yeah. yes, <laughs> she did not have the qualification. <laughs> and I. Huh. They were maidenly. They were Yo, old. Her, maiden. I, I actually might have to watch this new um whatever this College Hill. Oh my God! Yeah, because it's gonna be her and Jocelyn. her and Jocelyn Hernandez and Amber Riley. Amber and I'm like, we're Amber Rose. Thank you, Amber Rose. I'm like, no, I think I have to partake. Your grandma's yes. the baby. I just off topic. I just started watching that Bad Boys club i'm whatever. not doing it i'm not doing it. i told i was 
No, I watched the first season. No. I will literally give you my login to go watch it because I'm when I tell not you, it's doing. it's such no, it's such nonsense. No. Like imagine it's, like making, it's so entertaining. It's like imagine no. making the band meets like RuPaul's Drag mm-hmm. Race meets mm-hmm. Bad Girls Club all in one show. No. <laughs> it's so it's so much good. <laughs> It's so terrible, but then the season, it, the new season got Raz B and Orlando, and Orlando Brown, Brown in it, and they're the normal people in the group. That's the sad no. part. Like Orlando Brown, and they start fighting. The two of them is just like Orlando Brown is like it seems like he's gonna be like low key, low key the voice of reason, and that's a problem. yes, that's and that's a problem. a problem, and that's why I'm not. No, I can't. I can't show well, up. I that. tell you. I was at my desk. I had I came home and was like, Dwayne, you gotta watch this. And my so they had to make this song. The song is haunting me in my dreams. Don, so sorry to hear about your firing. Um, I hope that CNN I will say I hope that this is not a turn in CNN, like shifting a little bit more conservative, because I do know, you know, sometimes stuff like that can be a little bit sinister. And Tucker Carlson, while I know he was only one, you know, cyst on the the pussy back that is Fox News. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we get somebody at least slightly less awful. Please don't pull none of them, you know, Tony, whatever, and, and Candace and put them on. Mm, I can't, no. I can't take it. Please not Candace. Okay, not her and her kitty purr. Let's, let's not. <laughs> not the kitty purr. <laughs> her and that little itty bitty ponytail can get oh my right God. on her. Itty bitty. And she'd be popping out that baby. She'd be like, oh, well. I'm a mother and I have a baby. Put that baby away. Yeah. That child don't want to be out in the elements. Right. That child don't want. Who's your husband? Questions oh. that need answers. You know, I've never. Let's actually Google that. Quick aside. Candace Owens. Husband. George Farmer. Okay. That's not a real person. <laughs> George Farmer? That don't sound like the most generic ass American. Like, you know how you like will be playing a game and they give you like that randomly generated character that just be looking yes, like yes. any fucking regular ass man. That's, That's him. what his face looks that like. That is him. He looks like a randomly ra- randomly generated background character, like them non playable mm-hmm. characters in like fucking you know. What is that one with the the late the redheaded lady with the ponytail that you used to be able to play on your phone? Diner Dash. Oh my yeah, god! He looked like one of yes. those random customers that would come in mm-hmm. for that. The businessman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A businessman. <laughs> he would have the temperament that's a little bit less than like some people so he's a little harder and to he get mad I'm looking at his watch his watch right. like mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh that's jokes a businessman <laughs> a businessman I'm not friends with y'all no more <laughs> the podcast is cancelled this will be our last episode <laughs> thank you so much because literally what but I'm right. What do you say after that? And it's my fault. I started it. It was me. And I know what I did. And so I, I have to take responsibility for my own actions. But I'm right. Shut up. <laughs> um, let's move on. Oh, goodness. I don't even know what direction to go in after that. 
So we're going to sober up for a moment and let's talk about something serious. Whew. Okay. So keeping on in the, the, the news and the updates about, um, you know, just media and, and people in the public, um, unfortunately there have been some um, unexpected and very sad passings of some of our favorite celebrity icons. And so it was announced this week that um, both Jerry Springer and Harry Belafonte have passed away. Jerry Springer, I believe, was 79. Um, and Harry Belafonte was how old? One thing in his 90s? Harry, Harry Belafonte, he was like, I think, 96. Yes, let's ask the internet. I think 96 or 98. 96, you are right. 96. Yep, 96. So both, you know, huge, huge icons for very different reasons. Um, But um, yeah, just sad to see, you know, the passing of of people, you know, people so important to, to our development. Harry Belafonte, you know, wildly famous actor, singer, activist. Um, huge mm-hmm. icon with Calypso music and, and you know, um, mm. uh, just being so present in the 50s and the 60s. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you were a latchkey kid like myself, you could not come home and cut on the TV without watching Jerry Springer in some iteration. Or sick mm-hmm. if you were yeah, if you were sick, you you were you had ginger ale, some crackers, and Jerry Springer. Yes, in the college, you know, you circled back to us if you were a, a proprietor of the game show network, like me and my friends were, baggage. and we got the classic baggage. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That show was good. Uh, no, was baggage underrated. was oh my god, and that would, and that would come on like late, late, late yeah. at night, It'd be so ten o'clock were... at night, and we up. Watching you this show, like, baggage. It's like, years like, old. Oh, no, oh, God. Three dogs. Nah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Jerry Springer, you know, before there was World Star, there was Jerry, 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 Jerry. Jerry. Wow. So, icon. And then, of course, Harry Belafonte, um, iconic, iconic actor um, and activist. Um, and I guess, you know, it, bombshell of his time like that was mm-hmm. one like the first like you know black uh hollywood superstars um and one like the first like heartthrobs i would say yeah yeah um and he lived a very long life he saw a lot oh yeah um yeah and, and he was a very complicated man i think as you know he was we don't have to talk about the complication parts right now but he was a very we can have, you know have another episode about black men in hollywood but um he paved the way for a lot of black actors um was part of some, like uh, part of iconic iconic films that are still being celebrated and emulated today. Um, so I always want to speak their names um, and just send their families um, our condolences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that man was born in nineteen twenty seven. You you been around the block. You lived a good and full yeah, life. Yeah, lived a good and full life. Look, you made it past the queen. Listen, you was in your twenties when they went time. to the moon. That's crazy. Yes. That's wild. <laughs> To think of all, and not even just that, like to think of all the things he has seen, all the life, all the things he life. has seen. Like it's amazing. I, yeah, it's amazing. I, years you've been here. Yeah, um, and significantly less sad passings. Um, the woman who accused uh, Emmett, the woman who was you know the reason for Emmett Till's murder, Carolyn uh, Bryant. Bryant. Um, yes. Also passed away. Donham. Yes. Um, no. Nothing really to say to her except for you know, should have went to jail first. But uh, bye. Well, 
on that lovely note, I hope that y'all take those words and reflect on them while we take a quick break and we will be back with something you need to hear. What is up, y'all? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Black Girl Roundtable. We're going to get right back to it. But before we do, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you are streaming so you never miss an update. And it helps us out to make more episodes just like this one. Let's get back into it. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We are back. Um, with something y'all need to hear. Um, so this is something that we've touched on it briefly in like different segments, um, as in like a part of another topic, but I don't think that we've made this particular topic its own thing. Um, and it definitely deserves to be its own thing. And it will not be the the last, it's not the first time, but it won't be the last time that we will t- talk more in depth about this. Um, and it is black women and our relationship, um, and advocacy for, um, the LGBTQIA plus community and particularly the black LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and black cis het women specifically. Yes. As, uh, black women who are cisgendered heterosexual women. Thank you. Um, and how we in our cisgendered heterosexual um, space, um, how we can be better allies, what allyship looks like, what advocacy looks like. Um, so yeah, let's get started. <laughs> um, um, so I want to kind of just start with, you know, how um how we came to our own um research our own thought processes our own advocacy work um and what that process we don't have to get into like the nitty-gritty in terms of like our past mm-hmm. uh, feelings um but I want to get into how we became more aware and more conscious of the kind of women cis hetero black women that we are um and connecting with these diff with the queer community and the trans community and maybe what our childhood what we were told or taught um and how that has evolved to what we know now a big thing for me um both in the early phases and even now is is starting to kind of like decenter and de construct and remove some of those kind of like underlying things that kind of just like followed me through rhetoric from church, certain family members, certain spaces, like growing up in like, you know, the early 2000s, even into like the 2010s, I think there's just a certain level of like underlying homophobia um, or like, you know, queer phobia that was acceptable. And I think it really starts with you being willing to challenge that and willing to deconstruct that. And so it started off really early with, you know, just like, you know, us changing our language to not, you know, 
and not that this was something I did, but like I remember those commercials and those campaigns going around of like, you know, oh, like don't, you know, call something gay when it's, you know, an insult. And it, you know, kind of just started with that awareness and it slowly kind of progressed. And honestly, being in community with people, I think college was a really pivotal time for me to kind of realize just number one, to be in community with with more people from a wide spectrum of identities in the queer community, and then also to kind of challenge and check some of my own biases. And so, you know, um, specifically, I think, and we can probably get into this a little bit more in detail later, but I think one big area cis hetero Black women need to really kind of sit with and steep themselves in is our dating preferences. And so I know so many cis hetero Black women who say they would never date a trans man, they would never date a bi man. Um, and at one point in time, I'm not going to say I under necessarily like understood that rhetoric, but I was a little bit more willing to, I guess, kind of like hear people kind of like sift through it. But as you you get in community with with other people within the queer community, you realize like why that is rooted in in racism and homophobia. And by saying that, you are continuing in, in doing that, you're continuing to other people within the community. And it's it's one thing to be tolerated and it's another thing to be accepted. And so really, I think a, a big part of the now and in, in me continuing to try to do that work, because like Asha said, we're not perfect, is, is looking at how I interact with people and is like, am I tolerating you or am I creating space for you to, to be a whole, fully recognized, valued human being within society and like those are two very different things and not a lot of people analyze that in their in their thought process and in their biases and that's that's work that I have to do daily yeah I'll say for me starting from the beginning I have always been the child who I'm not gonna say rebelled against everything but I'd like like if you look at my family I'm like the one who does not necessarily agree with everything mm-hmm. the way it was presented to me no matter what same so like I'm just trying to think back like I like remember like I have a lot of not a lot but a few cousins who are lesbians and so I remember growing up here like oh she's a lesbian because dot 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 and I would just be like that don't sound right but what do I know I'm a kid but like that was always like in the back of my mind like is that really how that, that works? Mean? Like, yeah. what does that yeah. mean? Was I necessarily actively doing that work? I'm not gonna. Say, I'm gonna say no because I was 15 and didn't really mm-hmm. understand. Because, like, trust me, looking back when those Facebook memories pop up, I'd be like, Oh, oh yeah, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, e- but even then, like, there were people before we had the language we have now. There were people we went to high school with who were trans, and mm-hmm. you, if you're cool, you're cool. Did I necessarily know what that meant? No. So like Dana was saying, I tolerated you. You were a cool person in a general sense. Fast forward into college, again, learning more, getting more of the language. But for me, what pushed me into like actually being an ally and being an advocate was my first job out of undergrad. I started working with LGBTQIA plus kids and just seeing them fighting to be who they like who they are was enough for me to go all right yeah like I'm not standing for no like nobody's bs when it comes to these kids like Mm -hmm. it's especially like Delaware is if you don't know split 
politically. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the kids I was working with lived in slower, lower. So they are in Trump country. And it was, it was actually during that time too. So they were dealing with a whole lot of repercussions from that. Plus not everyone comes from an understanding and accepting family. Yeah. So trying to help them navigate all of those things and then learning myself is really what made me like, all right, like, no matter what situation I'm in, I'm going to say something. Like I was telling Asha earlier, I was at brunch the other day and the conversation started taking a left turn. And I was like, I'm going to tell y'all right now, before I get disrespectful, y'all are starting to get disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cut the conversation now. now. And they're like, no, let's talk. No, no, I'm not. No, because I'm going to say something. And then who knows what's about to come? Like, because what I've learned at this point, and it's sad to say is that, if people are listening, are trying to have this conversation to be defensive, I'm not going to try to teach you. It's no point. It's no point in me trying to teach you, oh, you shouldn't say this when all you're learning, all you're doing is trying to be defensive and trying to come back at me with something like, love my dad to death. But I tell him all the time, like we were watching BET or something and it was some TV show and it was um, like a gay couple on, on the commercial or the show or whatever. He was like man, I can't believe they're letting people on TV right now. And I literally turned around and I said, you know you sound like a racist white man right now, right? And he was like, what? And I was like, you literally sound like, oh, I can't believe they let them, like, what do you mean? Like, you literally sound that way. They got Negroes kissing white people on TV now? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Wrong. Like, and I'm like, dad, it's 20, like, it was a while ago, so I'm like, it's 2020, like. Come on. Come on. Like, what, what do you expect? Like, just because people were, you know, not allowed, and I'm saying that very strongly, they were not mm-hmm. allowed to, to be who they wanted to be, does not mean, like you said, that they did not exist. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. so I think, like, like you guys were saying, like, just in our own right, like, you have to actively do the work. You can't just expect these people to be like, well, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to explain everything under the sun, because everything is different for everyone. Yeah, Do your own research and come to the table. Like, it's one thing to have questions. We say that about us, as black women. I'm not going to tell you every black history fact there is, no. but if you come with a right. question, I'm willing to help I'm willing to help you understand. Yes. So, like, do your part and just, I don't know, ugh, I can go on and on and on and on. True. But just do your part. I think you raised and, it. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine real quick because I didn't do mine. But yeah, you raised a very good point about doing your part, doing your research, doing the work on your own, and not having to rely on the community to do the work for you, for you not to be a bigot towards them, mm-hmm. right? And then I'll let like, like you say what you want to say, and then I'll do my piece. Oh no, I was just gonna say I think you raise a really good point too with like the like the conversations that people within church or you know, like you said, at brunch, at a meal or things like that, the conversations that you allow to let happen um, and just the little things that may not seem like a big deal, but, you know, continue to perpetuate certain things. And especially when you come from a, a Black household that is seemingly progressive. Like I know, like something that a lot of people our age may have heard growing up was like, you know, I don't have a problem with gay people. I just don't agree with your lifestyle. Like, Exactly. That right. type of language yeah. and that rhetoric continue to that, yeah. move around. The language is dangerous. Um, or the way people talk about what they would do, like, oh my God, I would never want to have a gay child or I would never want to have a trans child. Like, 
that is harmful. And the more you mm-hmm. allow those conversations to take place, the the more detriment you're doing to people in our community. And it can be, you know, we can pass all the progressive policies that we want to, but until that rhetoric changes, we're going to find ourselves in the same situations we're in right now where it still exists and like in, in the blink of an eye, everything changes both politically and, and socially. Look at the drag bans that we have going on in this country right now. Right. So I would say for me, so when I, so when I grew up, right, um, we, I always heard, and I think people try to pacify it, make it sound, and make their homophobia sound nicer than it actually was. Mm-hmm. And so they would say, oh, we hate the sin, not the sinner, right? Yep. yep. Also, with my dad is being wildly just not I wouldn't say wildly no I it was sometimes it's just it just be too much for me um and I remember but I remember as a child just like you said Jelena I never like that I never took it for the face value that other people took it for like I heard it and as a child I didn't speak up about it because I didn't have the language that I do now right um but I remember being a kid and being like what does that have to do with you? Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think it's around the age of like 10, 11, 12, 13, where you start to form your own opinions. Mm-hmm. And your pe- opinions don't always align or your opinions start to, un- your opinions start to unalign with your parents' opinions. Mm-hmm. And so I think also being in theater, right? I think because I was around like members of the community more, I was, I got a firsthand look at like the people in this community are amazing people. They are just like the rest of us. They are no different. Like, and to me, I think that by the age of 15, I would say definitely not all the way there yet, but I had an under—I had an understanding and I knew that it was not a lifestyle. And I think I heard that a lot growing up too. Like, oh, well, you know, it's just, you know, it's an alternative lifestyle. It's like, it's not a lifestyle. It's not a choice. And I think they wake up one day and be like, you know what? I want to do something bad. It's not veganism. Like, it's, right. it's not veganism. <laughs> we all are attracted to somebody. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. And I, and I, and I thought, I'm like, there's so many bad things in the world. Loving somebody is not one of them. Right. Um, and so I would say, like, fast forward to college, obviously, learning a lot more in college. Um, we took a women and gender studies class, um, Dana, together. I don't know if you remember our women and gender studies class. I'm like, we ain't go. I don't know who we learned. Because she never went. Correct. I'm like, that, yes, college. I, I learned a lot in college. Not from that lady. <laughs> I think the one thing that I didn't learn, but that was reinforced, it was literally the first, it's the first thing you learn in women and gender studies. Gender is a social construct. Okay, it yes. is not real. Okay, correct. Yes, we did that talk about the, that in that class. That is the first thing yes. you learn. The first thing I learned in boating school is yeah. The that's first page thing one. you learn, and that is the first day. That's the first page day one. you learn. Yeah, that gender is a social construct. It is something that humans made up. It is not out of biology. It is not out of science. It's something that we simply made up okay we made my up. apologies to dr Banerjee. it's coming back to me now 
because we did learn that and we did also go through different societies and their different interpretations of gender and how it's a very colonialist mindset to have two genders when in, in a lot of communities across the world there is um three sometimes even up to like five six seven eight genders okay mm-hmm. sorry i had to i had to fact check myself i didn't want her to go out like that del state if she's still working there she 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 did teach oh, me yeah. something. My, my good sis got tenure she ain't going okay no yeah way. i'm sorry dr Banerjee. i <laughs> yeah yeah no i remember seeing remember we would see her run across campus to get the class out that window i'm like oh there she go y'all yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I learned a couple of things. Continue. I just yes. I, I just wanted to put some respect <laughs> on her name. I'm sorry. Right. right. I'm like, no. <laughs> so she she said a couple words that I I retained. Mm-hmm. So what I what I want to just so and so what I what I to where I am now is that like I had to take the homophobia from out of the Bible, I had to take the homophobia out of the black community, out of, you know, our society, out of American history um, for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to do the research on my own. I had to watch the documentaries and read mm-hmm. the books, um, just like I had to do for black history, right? Yeah. And then when I started to do that, I learned about black queer history um, and black trans history, so yeah, I want to talk about how like, you know, language and lack of uh, full history has now put us where we are now to repeating horrid pieces of history that, you know, we could have solved now. Yeah, this is something, so sidebar before I answer your question, um, something I feel like is very important to underscore at this point in this podcast is while, yes, we're like a fun social entertainment podcast, just to 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 flex on us a little bit, but also to steep this into like, people actually, you know, know what we're talking about. We've all got degrees in varying disciplines um, in, you know, social sciences and liberal arts, you know, communications, English, um, psychology, criminal justice, all tie into to these. So number one, like we're not just, you know, pulling shit out our asses. Like we actually do know what we're talking about. Um, just want to, in, in a world of, in a world where any and everyone can make a podcast, I feel like that's very important to say. And I know we don't yeah. mention it much on the show because we are humble Queens, especially in conversations like this, just want to reinforce that not mm-hmm. flexing, just sharing the facts and we've got student loans to prove it. So there's that, but the other part, but in that, and so I, I say that from this academic lens that I think all of us have. Um, is I worry about the stemification of education um, and how we've taken such the shift in like this tech revolution that we're seeing in society because we lose that that nuance and that ability to mm-hmm. look back. And so this push for, for medicine and science and technology is all very important. But when we don't look at our history. And so when we ignore the anthropologists, the historians, you know, the writers of literature, the communicators, we, we, we lose the the social gains that we've made over years. And we, like you said, Asha, are just going to continue to repeat our history. And so, you know, I look at the, 
the way in which information has changed and the way we share information has changed, but the creation and distribution of propaganda has not changed at all. From an, from an academic lens, I really encourage anyone who is, if you're a listener who's in school and you are in STEM, take your social science courses, take your English courses, take your history courses seriously. Don't look at it as just a box to check. This informs your career. It is very important for you to understand the, the the liberal arts component of it as opposed to just, you know, the the dollars and cents of it or the equations of it. That's why most credible degrees in this country come from liberal arts institutions. If you got a, a degree from a four-year accredited institution, 90% of us went to a liberal arts institution, and that's why. So that, I think, is a big part of it. Um, the other piece of it, I think, is, and, and I'm struggling with the words on how to say this, like, I think people tend to be, and, and specifically, I'm going to call out our community and, 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 you know, cis black women were account, cis hetero black women were, were accountable for this. We get steeped in our own intersectional identities, but we don't like to think that anybody else has has lived a life of oppression that could be worse than ours. Um, and I don't think it's fair for us to have criticisms of white women, of black men, of you know whatever other affinity groups and their lack of regard for black women as a collective if we are not willing to do the same thing. I don't think it does anything to to my experiences to acknowledge that you know trans black women, queer Black women of, you know, any type of, you know, queer identity have probably had more challenges or different challenges in their life than I had. Um, but some people feel like when they acknowledge that, it is going to take away somehow from their struggles. And it doesn't. It's just another thing that we have to address. And when we always say, oh, when Black women win, we all win. When, you know, trans Black women win, when queer Black women win, we all win. And that is the, the component that a lot of you are missing. And I really just hope that one day we can get to a point where people understand that and really believe that. And and I don't want to, I want to get off my soapbox now, but like the, the disdain that so many Black women have for trans women and trans Black women is deeply concerning to me. Um, and just shows that you are still centering white supremacy. You're, you're centering your idea of your womanhood in patriarchy and white supremacy. And that's scary. Like not even like, oh, da, 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 get off it. That's horrific because it shows that you have not made the strides that you think you've made. And I think there's such a freedom um, in dismantling your womanhood from the white gaze yes there is a freedom that comes with any woman right if you are cisgender femme trans woman there is a freedom that comes when you have your womanhood in your own hands it has nothing to do with the patriarchy it has nothing to do with white with white uh standards and white privilege even if you're white you, it helps even if you're white if you are a cisgender woman, may I encourage you to place value in your womanhood on just who you are as a woman, as an individual, and not what your body can do for somebody else, mm -hmm. what your body can produce for somebody else, how your body looks for somebody else, and 
just have your womanhood in your hands and say, I'm woman because this is what I feel. And I'm, I'm, uh, real me this, how many old people have you seen now that have come out as trans and said, I can finally do, I can finally be me? Yep, in late adulthood. Um, and as black women, we have to understand that, like, no, we don't have many safe spaces. And I'll say this, in, excuse me, cisgendered, straight black women, we've never had to say this. But we don't have many safe spaces, but we do have safe spaces. We do. And, cis, and, and being a cisgendered woman, for us, that has been a safe space, right? For the, for the in terms of like to acknowledge that. But, but on the other hand, at one point we weren't even seen as fully women. And so I find it very interesting that we align that many of us align ourselves with an ideology that wasn't even made for us. And so the next thing I want to talk about is how we actively um, in our day-to-day lives advocate. And I think, Jelena, you brought up a really, really good point when you're saying that, when you said that you not finna be homophobic or transphobic and be comfortable around me. I think that's the first, I feel like that's, that it should be, that is an easier action to take. Um, Because what I've noticed is no one's really finna beat my ass over my opinion. Not over my opinion, but over facts that I know. You not finna be me because I support and and that's another thing we have to use our privilege yeah to speak out because people us telling the truth and saying like hey like that's not cool you need to read like you need to read this is actually what it is how would you feel you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it comes how can I put this it comes across it's not right but it comes across um, differently as if a trans person were to tell their own stories, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's not as, the stakes aren't as high. I'll say it like that. It's the same shit we be telling white girls all the time. It's exactly. The, it's the same shit in different fonts, which also, exactly. not to get angry, but that's why I'd be like, why do y'all not get it? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's, same, and, it's the same you shit. Tell, you, you tell white people the same thing that we're telling y'all to say to, about our queer brothers and sisters, our trans brothers and sisters, we're literally telling you, and our siblings, we're literally telling you, y'all be using the same rhetoric they use, but then you want to use our rhetoric against them. I don't understand how the, the, the two brain synapses aren't connecting. I don't understand how you don't get, you're, you're not connecting them. Liberal arts and critical thinking skills are important. Stop pushing mm-hmm. your babies into all these math and science courses. Yes, they're important, but teach these little motherfuckers how to read. Ooh. Yeah, reading comprehension and critical thinking. Let, don't get me in my fucking educator it's, bag because it's, it's, it's scary how many people don't don't have it. The it's decline scary. of test scores in this country is in direct correlation with the increase of anti-black, anti-queer policy in this country. Those lines run parallel. Coincidence? I think not. People think like oh, STEM technology. It's because of this, that, and the third. Yes, but it's also because the less people read and comprehend and fact check, the easier it is to sweep shit under the rug. So it's just, it's very interesting to me just how that that operates. But to circle back to your, your original 
question or your your the, the point that you brought up asha like changing the language and how we talk to each other deconstructing your own language and and being very cognizant of how you talk about and how you interact with the community when they're not around how do you talk about queer people when they're not around how mm-hmm. do you what are you thinking are you holding biases i think something that i've seen a lot of conversation on which is something that i haven't unpacked a lot but definitely want to start thinking about that and making sure i'm cognizant of it and sensitive to it is how we will kind of like put trans people on like certain like ranking and totem poles depending on how much mm-hmm. they you know look like the gender that they've transitioned to mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. how that is unfair like you know a trans woman doesn't owe you feminine facial features in order to be considered a woman if she says she's a woman she's a woman that's it you made, you made a really good point about that just in terms of how we we like people love king amaya but then we'll trash yeah. Caitlyn Jenner for not looking like exactly. a woman. There's plenty of other shit to get on Caitlyn Jenner. We can trash Caitlyn Jenner about everything for, else. Yeah. For so for so many other things. I don't have to talk about her appearance in order to do that. Caitlyn Jenner is not a trash person because she doesn't look as feminine as or my interpretation of what feminine is. You know, Caitlyn Jenner is trash because she's a terrible human being. Um, yeah. White women feel a white woman. No matter okay. what. Wherever. No matter Where, what. No matter what. Hey, I wasn't surprised. I said, oh, a Republican white woman from California? Yeah, piss the freaking bill. Or even okay. like Dylan Maloney, Facts. who I, I adore Dylan. I love Dylan. Love yeah. Dylan. But like so the, the reception that she's gotten from the public since she's, you know, undergone some surgeries, which is absolutely her choice. I'm glad that she's been able to get them if they make her feel more present in in her body and in her life but the reception that she gets from the public should not be dependent upon her you know having to undergo certain things like that because number one some people just don't have the money and the resources and number two some people just don't want to they feel very womanly in the bodies that they have and And that's that's fine and that is and that is fine and that is great and that is wonderful and i think Again, we have this idea of womanhood. And I want to let y'all know that there are cisgender women who have the same appearances that Mm -hmm. you all would call manly. Again, you have to stop basing your gender because it is a social construct. I don't care what people are like, oh, well, that's why if you got this, well, it it makes sense because you got a penis. It's like, first of all, that's not everybody's calling us to have kids. Everyone's body should not function to have kids, first of all. And if you let people just be who they be, the population will grow as it as it's supposed to. The population, like that, when people like, oh, what happens if everybody's gay? Okay, then what? It's too many motherfuckers in this bitch anyway, and we killing the planet. We know. And what and what I'm saying about all this is the population will be fine. Society will be fine. It will not crumble. I think y'all fear that white supremacy will be will crumble and all the things that come into it, like classism. If it's less of us on this bitch, the rent will go down. Okay. Yeah, like the population will go down. Okay. Great. Then, then what happens? Mm-hmm. So let's say it goes down by like 50 million people. And why y'all act like yeah. queer people don't have kids? Queer people have kids. All the time. Queer people have kids all the time. All the time. And straight people don't have kids all the time. Right. Do you know how expensive but so, you know how expensive it is to have a child? I don't want I'm okay. I'm cool. It's and fine. The, and what we don't what we don't talk about enough is the intentionality 
that is often put behind queer couples having children that yes. is Thank lacking you. in in cis hetero relationships. Mm-hmm. I want you to know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hop off the Christian tip for one minute after I say this. We'll probably go back to it because it's usually deep rooted in like some kind of religious belief, not just Christianity, but just religious beliefs. Um, being homophobic and transphobic is not going to get you into heaven. It's not going to get you into nirvana. If that's what you base your Christianity off of, I have really bad news for you. There's a whole, there's got, there's, there's more stuff that you, not more stuff that you need to do. That's not like a laundry list, but like, that's not what's going to get you into heaven and not them. That's a one-way ticket to hell. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's, and that's the, that's the thing that y'all are not getting. You're making all these legislations when you could just leave them alone. That's the, that's the main point of it. Like, all of the stuff that y'all, this has absolutely zero impact on your life. Like, your day-to-day life will not be bothered because these two people want to get married or this person wants to be a drag queen. Like, I was gonna say my last thing going jump back to the kids for two seconds two two very brief seconds when you have children and they are wherever in you know their queerness when you have a child or even a family member in general you are supposed to love them unconditionally mm-hmm. and i don't know who need to hear this stop putting your children out because you do not agree with them as who they are you are your child's first advocate you are their first champion like you are supposed to be there for them through thick and thin so you putting them out is not solving anything it is just making the situation worse so i really want people to think about these things when they are disowning family members friends for just being who they are like that like just thinking about it makes my blood boil but like i can't even mm-hmm. imagine like that is what it's meant to the black family when you yes when you, when you ostracize people and then you then after you ostracize them you then judge them for the choices that they have to make to survive makes no sense you did this you are the reason why is your 12 year old child on the street but you're a good parent because you didn't want them to be gay in your house but you rather than be homeless and be assaulted and have to engage in things that they shouldn't be doing at such a young age, make it make sense. Like again, critical thinking is is severely lacking. So I again don't know who needs to hear this or who might need to pass the message on, but be there for your queer friends and family because life is hard as it is in general. Like don't, don't be the thing that makes it even harder. I wish somebody <laughs> in my family would put one of these babies out for being gay. Because number one, I'm coming to snatch you up. Okay. First of all, with right. a swiftness. And number two, I'm lighting your ass up. I'm, I'm cussing all the way out. Everybody in this house I'm out. Cussing. Y'all, I'm, I'm letting y'all know that. Let me tell you something. You don't want me to see me in this child no more. But before I go, you got an enemy for <laughs> life. For life, I'm throwing. I'm I'm turning this whole house upside freaking down, and y'all gonna have something to tell. You run and tell that. You want a story? Tell that story. Um, and I will also, when it comes to children, even if you don't have a queer child, a trans child, don't raise bigots. 
you gotta not be a bigot yourself to do that. Don't first. be a bigot so yourself, and then also a, don't raise bigots. That's they can't climb that second mountain until they climb that first one. You gotta not yeah. be a bigot to not raise a bigot. But that's that, that should be motivation to like yes. how you date, how you motivate, how you don't date stupid. Don't don't create stupid people. Okay, let's let's. The buck gotta stop somewhere. They you don't know care what I'm about that, Asha. Everybody wants to take their Christmas photo in their jammies. Everybody wants to have their they baby shower photo. That's well, I'm gonna tell you this: you gonna run into my kid, and we gonna have some problems because they gonna be raised this in this in this method. So, mm-hmm. see you soon. I'm stomping <laughs> everybody down. Okay, curb me and the kids. Curb stomping yeah. y'all. And my kids I are not gonna be in trouble for my kids will not be in trouble for a worthy fight. I'm taking them to McDonald's. Y'all see okay. that little girl um, who was swinging at them bubbles at the wedding? Yep. Yes. That's gonna be me. <laughs> Okay, yes. I'm coming me, with me, the me, combo. Me, 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 she me, me, was me. whooping ass. <laughs> I'm telling you, yes, your child got uh suspended because they were defending. They were defending. Okay, but before we go, we waiting for this other little motherfucker's mom to come so I can cuss her out. Yeah. Now watch this, baby. This how you deal with that. Is your- this how you raise your damn children <laughs> to be animals? All right. Well, that was a fantastic segment. Like Asha said, definitely not the last on this particular topic. We are going to take one more quick break and we will be back with our question for this episode. What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for listening to Black Girl Roundtable. We're going to get right back into the episode. But before we do, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and following us on social media at the Bougie Black Girls on TikTok and on Instagram. You can also check out bougieblackgirls.com for articles, updates, and some info on some other soon-to-come produced projects by the Bougie Black Girls. Let's get back into the episode. All right, we are back with our last segment, uh, Ask Black Girl Roundtable. As always, if you have a question you would like to ask us, you want some advice or something of that nature, or a story you want us to react react to, you can email us uh, at askbgr at thebougieblackgirls.com. But today, we are back in the lawless land of Reddit. Oh my god. The wild, wild west of the internet. In our favorite uh, category of "Am I the asshole?" and yeah, I'm gonna just read it. I found it to be a little funny because I feel really bad for people who, because I know that they, there are probably a lot of people in the world that might have to go through this. So, I'm going to read it to you guys. My wife Melissa and I have been married for four years. Melissa is eight months pregnant with our son. Melissa and I both use my last name. She changed hers to mine legally as she does not want to be associated with her last name as she has a lot of trouble with her parents. Unfortunately, our last name is is Manson, as in Charles Manson. It really sucks, but it's what I have. Neither of us have ever had a problem with that until now. A few weeks ago, her brother unexpectedly passed away of a heart attack at the age of 35. We were both shocked and devastated. He was a great man who was always healthy and we were very close to him. Nobody saw it coming. He left behind his wife and three children. Melissa now wants to name our son after her brother. 
I would not have any issues with this if her brother's name wasn't Charles. I told her I was not okay with naming our child Charles Manson, and she insisted that nobody would notice or care. She is calling me an asshole for disrespecting her brother like that. Note that her brother's last name was not Manson. That is mine and Melissa's last name. So should I let this go and just name our son after a guy who has been so important in Melissa's life? I really do not want our kid to have to go through life having the same name as a serial killer. Imagine how hard it would be to get a job. Melissa, count your fucking days if you name that baby Charles. Like, you can't just give him the middle name Charles. Like, I got, you know, I got Teresa from my great, from my great grandmother. And I just like, you could just do like, whatever name Charles Manson. It still has a Charles Manson, since you was just so pressed to have Charles in there. I just feel as though like, so then when people are looking at your resume or whatever, or just looking at your name, now kids in this new gen i think it's generation a i think they're calling it now whoever the the new generation will be right Mm -hmm. they may not know who charles manson is but if they're finding a history book and they look at your son they'll be like oh you're a serial killer you know how kids are Mm -hmm. and people just i mean i get that you want to honor your brother but like girl be so fucking for real the grief must be making her delusional because they're like even even if someone said that to me, I would still be like, mm, "Now I can't maybe tell not. you." I personally cannot tell you much about Charles Manson. I know he was crazy, and it was like he was in like the '60s or the '70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I know that Charles Manson is not a good thing. But if I saw somebody with the name Charles Manson now, I would be like, "Oh, that rings a bell." So I feel like if you're having this child now, you will like they will get to a point in their life where like it will not resonate with people. But and however, right. even outside of this, I don't like naming, like I like for names to be associated with people, but I don't think everybody needs to have the same name. Like I don't need, I don't need mm-hmm. Dana Jr. Like I don't need that. Right. Um. So I think I agree. A middle name, just throw it in there, you know, or if some derivative, I don't know what another version of Charles could be. Like, I don't know what the other interpretations like, of Charles are. Right, in another language or something. Yeah. Any, anything. But no, like, I think, I'm not going to say that this generation won't know because in the age of we're going to make a serial killer documentary about everybody, right? it very, right. Well, could, it very well could be brought back up sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. My thing is just like, like you said, I don't want to name my kid after, like, I'm I'm not necessarily a fan of naming my kid after somebody. Nonetheless, a known serial killer. Like, yeah. even though if other people might not know, I know. <laughs> like, I know that. Like, in me being all the, the paranoid person I am, I'm like, uh-uh, the demon spirit of Charles Manson is going to ping into my baby. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not putting that on. Like, to me, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and Google's, I had another thought, but it just went out my head. <laughs> Google says we have Carlos, Carlo, Serlas. Uh, that don't sound related um but there's some options in here i see some okay 
some we could we could charge. We could we could have options. Like I remember seeing a similar story and the lady was trying to name her kid. Their last name was Bundy and she was trying to name the kid like Theodore. We're not naming Girl. her kid. Ted Bundy. <laughs> First of all, like, I'm doing it. so no. sorry. If my last name was Bundy, I would change that shit. I would change my name immediately. That's why some people when they be having these last names, I'd be like, You need to change that. Exactly. But like I don't like um I'll be like, look, let your wife grieve and maybe she'll come to her senses, but you don't got that much time. Because eight months, like, she better get over this real quick. Yeah. You know what I would say is just sit her down and be like, I know how much you miss your brother. I know you want to honor him. Naming our son Charles Manson is not going to make the, it probably won't make the ease of losing your brother any better. No. That is very true. That is is very correct. And I know you're trying to find ways to ease that pain, but I don't think this is going to be one of them. Sometimes I feel like if you are, if it's a little too close, it, it becomes less about honoring and more about like trying to bring your dead relative back. And that's yeah. weird to me. Yes. A child is not a memorial for a person. For, for a person. Yes. Let them be their own per- Like, And that's someone who was named after a deceased person. Okay. But it's my middle name. They did not name me Teresa. Right. And thank God that they named me. Her name was Velma Teresa Ware. Now, I love Shade, I'm Velma. glad your name not Velma. <laughs> <laughs> no shade. Shout out, <laughs> you know, out to the mystery machine. You know, Velma no Listen. mystery. But I was not trying to be, you know. Velma, Velma. Moses. Velma Moses is heavy, but Velma Teresa Moses y'all was naming that day y'all got some names on y'all <laughs> and that will be funny for the rest of my life that will never not be funny DJ Envy Angela Lee Angela Yee Angela Lee. Once again, you Look know up. these people's names. Just say their names. Don't, don't look at the paper. What's Just say wrong it. with you? Roy Jones Jr. Doing them, doing them, doing them, doing it. <laughs> with DJ. <laughs> it's just oh, poor Webby. For Lord all Jesus. of the Breakfast Club's yeah. fault, that... And they shouldn't have put it on air. Like, it actually makes me sad when I listen to it now, but it was funny. When they posted that video of Floyd Mayweather trying to read, that was not right. They needed to help him. That's not his fault. Was not I mean, it is because he right. got all that money and did get it a was, tutor. But it was rude. I can't feel bad for you because you got too much money to be illiterate. But that was... It was sad. But in, but in reality, it was just, it was rude. I said, y'all not right for that. But you now, know it what? was like this, three senses. But in this day and age, it's so much going on in the world. I don't know if I want to know how to read anymore either. Because every time I read something, I'd be like, oh my God. So you know what? He must be living a pretty happy life. Like just blissfully ignorant. But just as like when you learn that you that he can't read, everything about him to me goes in the toilet. Now I know a lot of people don't feel that way. It's good for y'all. But oh my God, he got the most lethal hands on earth. He carries around a million dollars, but he can't, he can't read. read. But to so me, I don't understand how I'm ig- supposed to get no, that. To my ignorant self, though, we can't be together because the minute you start coming for me, I'm bringing that up. 
immediately. And you know he was, and you know he was, he was in an abusive marriage. Well, he was the abusing in the marriage. But as soon, sir, you cannot talk to me crazy, and you cannot look, and you can't go to the refrigerator right now and read what's on that. Right. What do they say? That's immediately. Yeah, but you. What do they say? What do they say right (laughs) here? What do they say right there? Read it out loud, without your finger. Write my name, first, middle, and last. And uh, ooh. We and got we can't I can't be with you. Who's gonna fill out my paperwork at the hospital? We can't we can't do we can't, this. Yeah, no, we can't be together. Oh my god. The stre- the constant stress that it's I like having an adult it. child. Because and I, for me, it's like at that point, it's like this you can't be my state of attorney. No, and you got kids that's out there stabbing people. I'm good. And it's one thing to not be a strong reader, to have had like educational system right. issues that's one thing you are a multi-millionaire Millionaire. you get paid a million dollars to fight every episode and you or every you know fight and you can't read that's a problem a serious problem i got the most my hands are lethal weapons but you can't read blissfully ignorant he's living his best life that's the first thing i'm paying for after my first fight right i'm gonna give me a tutor i'm gonna give me some leapfrog learning pads and i'm gonna get learned how to read listen and now she in college look at her hooked on phonics okay Okay. me and the leapfrog crew are getting busy yes (laughs) okay Hook, where is schoolhouse rock when you need them listen you know hey dun 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 me and Sesame Street every morning. Between the lions, bring all of them out. Hey now. I'm buying everything. VHS sets if I have to. Here's half. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Some of y'all who can read need to. Y'all need to go back and watch some of these shows. Spin the ball for these shoes real quick. They just bangers for real. You <laughs> now for now I want to watch Between the Lines. I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> Listen now, as much as I talked about Floyd, I'ma admit to you now. If it wasn't for Schoolhouse Rock, I would not be able to multiply. If they ain't make a song about that shit that came on a cassette tape in the '90s, can we just pause it? Just tell how Raheem was like, "I'm taking my, I'm taking the roof back." It has just, just <laughs> she just, she just like slide to bed. Like I don't care what y'all talking about. I'm that's fine. You can check too. Right. We're almost done, babe. Right. Do you think Floyd Mayweather should know how to read by now? <laughs> Chime in. Yeah. Do you think that Floyd Mayweather should know how to read by now? He does not know how to read, babe. Oh, you didn't know that. Oh, I'm so sorry. To be I'm so honest. sorry to burst your bubble. He you know he thinks that he's playing. He thinks that he really doesn't know how to read. He's just. Why would you play? No, I mean, why would you play like that? I'm not going. If down he like is that. playing, why would he play like that? That's sad. That's not. That's one thing is. Oh, there's the that's the last thing I would want people to know. Like I no, die, and they'd be like, Jelena was illiterate. What at the? <laughs> I'm not like with y'all. I swear. I'm trying to go out. 
I'd be like mad as shit if people were saying that about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the legacy I'm leaving? That I was illiterate. No. Damn. Not just illiterate, but rich and illiterate. Rich Damn. and illiterate. No. I'm just saying, like, we're going to have to have it on, on file somewhere that I could get through the cat in the hat, like, quickly. <laughs> Yes. Like, yes. Like, well, she can read green eggs and ham, y'all. That was that was about it. But... In in a minute or less. Like I just need that to be like factual somewhere. Oh my gosh. Like, well, she just made it to chapter books. Ooh. Oh my god. I'm not struggling oh. with hop on pop as a millionaire. <laughs> she just got to the chapter books. She was doing so well. Y'all no. are not going. <laughs> Oh my daughter is right now on Hop on Pop. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's up there with Sam. I am. It's fine. I don't have much in this life, but I can. I can read. I can read. <laughs> Look, at you least, know what? That is the energy I need to go into the rest of this week with. <laughs> I might not have much in this life, but I can read. Do you? Can you imagine how much money he probably? No, he probably has a lot of money. He probably can do like math very well. But like the fact that you cannot really read your contract, that you have to rely on. I think you believe in him a lot. Way math is way harder than reading. I'm sorry. I mean, you know how to do complex math that you can't read. Two is always going to equal four. You have two apples. If Johnny had five apples and lost three, how many apples does Johnny have? I think he can do that. But like, girl, you just said all that, and I still was like, I was so lost. I'm not gonna lie to you. You said so many words in the numbers. I was just like, uh. Mm, mm, mm. So imagine if you couldn't read. I just feel like words. Million dollars. Shut up. No. Shut up. <laughs> no, there's no way you can make. Read. I can make all the jokes because why? Ugh. Well, while Julian takes a look at that, I think we are going to wrap up this episode of Black Girl Roundtable. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating. Um, be sure to follow us on our socials and we will catch you guys next time. Please go read a book between now <laughs> and the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.